Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. This is Let's Talk Portland, Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. Downtown Portland, Oregon is one of the most beautiful downtowns in the entire country. You may be thinking to yourself like I am, what's been happening in downtown Portland lately? Well, let's find out. On the show this time, I would like to welcome Tad Savinar. Tad is a Pioneer Courthouse Square board member. Hey there, Tad. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Thanks for having me, Gary. So, uh, you're a board member with Pioneer Courthouse Square, which is affectionately known as Portland's living room, right smack dab in the middle of downtown Portland. How did you get on the board, and, and what, uh, what drew you to be on the board of, of Pioneer Courthouse Square? Well, I've, I've worked in a, I had a, a urban design um, uh, practice uh, for 20 years, uh, and uh, it worked. Uh, I worked a lot on uh, revitalization of downtown and uh, of different downtowns around this uh, country. Um, and so, um, as I started to switch uh, and slow down my uh, my work and stay more in Portland, um, I felt it was certainly a duty as my as a citizen of of the city to do what I could to um, help and and contribute to down our downtown being livable. And certainly, the square um, is uh, kind of the epicenter of that. Yeah. Uh, so the Pioneer Courthouse Square has not always been there. Tell me about the history of the of the square. There was a lovely two story parking structure that was there that was a uh, a uh, uh, really uh, unfortunately looking um, uh, th- uh, structure, uh, which was primarily used by uh, uh, Myron and Frank uh, department store shoppers. Okay, but prior to it being a parking lot, it was the site of the Portland Hotel. Uh, which was quite ornate in its architecture and occupied the entire block. In fact, there is a piece of the original um, hotel uh, uh, fencing gate uh, that is still present on the uh, sixth uh, 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 block of um, the square facing the sixth block. So, um, but it has, uh, you know, certainly always served its citizens um, and in their, uh, different comings and goings. I've lived in Portland since the mid-90s, and I can't imagine it not being there. It'd be so strange if Pioneer Courthouse Square weren't there. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was uh, uh, the square was developed in 1984, um, and so it's been uh, 37 years in existence and, and actually uh, serves 11 million visitors a year. That would be up until the, the COVID year. Um, 11 million visitors, and what's fascinating uh, is that uh, they don't come, uh, the visitors don't come just from the central city. 
They come from Gresham and Burns and all places around the state of Oregon. So it, it's we call it Portland's living room, but it's it's actually a destination for the people of the state. Um, and uh, it's fascinating when they do the studies to see who's actually using the square. If somebody hasn't been downtown for a while, or maybe they're new to Portland, describe where exactly Port Pioneer Courthouse Square is. Well, it's on it's uh, uh, on the block between Southwest Broadway, directly across Broadway from Nordstrom's, and then Sixth Avenue, directly adjacent to the Pioneer Courthouse, um, which was, I think, the first courthouse built west of the Mississippi. Oh. Um, and uh, then on uh, Yamhill and Morrison um, on the other side, north and south edges. But uh, Yamhill and Morrison were uh, during um, uh, Mayor Sam's uh, tenure were uh, determined to be the main retail streets um, in Portland and were dubbed Pi- the Pioneer District. And that was in uh, 2000 sometime. And what is the mission of Pioneer Courthouse Square? Well, to serve the community, all of the community, uh, and they do so through something like 250 events a year. Um, it's uh, free to the public, um, and there are some events where, where there is a charge, but it's for the from the vendors who actually uh, situate on the square, whether it's a market or a, a beer garden. Um, but uh, some of the biggest draws are the uh, lighting of the Christmas tree, um, I think that's the day after Thanksgiving, and um, uh, they do uh, picks on the bricks uh, or flicks on the bricks, uh, movies, uh, which draw people from all over the region to come with. It's a very family-oriented place, and, and certainly uh, when there is an event, is not an event planned, um, people tend to use the square um you know, the, the surrounding office buildings, people having lunch, uh, grabbing something at the, the, the food trucks that have been added to the square, reading a newspaper, meeting a friend. It's really the crossroads of Portland in, 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 um, in many people's minds. And the, and the fact that it is served by uh, Portland's uh, TriMet light rail system um, uh, uh, makes it a, um, a real transit hub as well as um, a civic space. Do you have any, any idea where the nickname Portland's Living Room came from? You know, I don't have a clue. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a clue, but it really stuck, didn't it? Yeah. I mean, I, it really, uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, it, 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 it's interesting because, it, it, you know, when you think of your living room, you know, not everyone always uses their living room. You know, but when you do use your living room, there's a couch there and there's, a, you know, a table to set things down and, and lots of conversations occur. There are lots of TV programs are watched. Lots of announcements are made, uh, impending um, engagements and such, or uh, all kinds of celebrations occur in our living rooms, whether they are formal or informal. And so I think it's a very apt uh, a title, if you will, for the square. Every, there's no... It's fascinating. There's no edges. There's no boundaries. Um, it's just open on all sides. So it's really kind of provides an amazing invitation to the to citizens and visitors, visitors um, alike uh, to the square. It's where friends and family meet. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about uh, things that used to happen at, and, and will happen again at Pioneer Courthouse Square, kind of pre-pandemic, like the Christmas tree lighting and some of the other events. Tell me about what's happened since the pandemic has taken over. What's happening in Pioneer Courthouse Square now? 
Well, there is the uh, polka dot um, project, which is has really been remarkable in um, in how it is uh, uh, kind of activated the square, not just um, through color, um, but also through kind of a psychological understanding of, of how a city lives and breathes. Um, the polka dot project was something that was developed by Bill Will, an artist in Portland. He's kind of a I call him a Portland treasure because he's done a lot of work around the country and in Portland in the form of, of uh, public art. Um, and his work always has a um, kind of a, just an amazing invitation to all crosses, all sections, cross sections of, of, of people. Uh, he doesn't dumb down the art, but he doesn't make it so highfalutin that you can't access it. So um, it, it's a, it's a wonderful piece and, and it consists of a number of uh of large colorful circles that have been uh, placed on the, the surface of the square on the bricks directly, which um, demarks uh, the COVID safety zone of six feet um, distancing. And the squares have provided um, animation for all kinds of, of jugglers, storytellers, tuba players, dancers, um, et cetera, through programming that the uh, Pioneer Square, um, uh, Pioneer Courthouse Square administration has um, arranged, so that there is always something going on downtown in the in the in the dots, and and since uh, it began, now the dots have migrated to uh, many places in the downtown, in the central business district, uh, not just at the square. We're talking today with Tad Savinar, Pioneer Courthouse Square board member. So uh, tell me about some of the types of performances you've seen in, in some of these polka dots downtown. Well, there's been tubas and uh, storytellers and, you know, as I said, dancers. Uh, there's been um, uh, events where uh, uh, a dance company will occupy all the dots or many of the dots at once. Or there's been performances where a person will occupy one dot. So um, it's really up to the various performers and artists who sign up to use the square as their impromptu stage. Um, and uh, all of the artists are paid. Um, so it's a fascinating project in that it's also giving back to the art- artistic community who, you know, performers need audiences. And when COVID hit, of course, those performing artists didn't really have audiences, live audiences. They had, of course, could do their work uh, via Zoom or, or some other broadcast. But, but for the most part, this has been uh, kind of a win-win for audience members and for performers to be able to have a place to perform and have a place to go watch performances. So uh, it's, it's turned out to be uh, quite an extraordinary uh, a, a set of programming. When did the polka dots go in and how long do you expect them to be downtown? Well, uh, there's the intent that this project will continue on for another year. Um, and, uh, you know, Gary, I can't tell you when the dots actually went in the first time. I'm looking over my notes. But I don't have a, <laughs> well, it was right after the pandemic started. Well, sometime after the pandemic yeah, started anyway. Yeah. Well, actually, what happened was uh, the, 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 um, during the pandemic and during the lockdown, um, I became very uh, concerned about um, our city. Um, and uh, concerned that that we were potentially being portrayed in the media as the place where all the rioting is, and you know that that rioting and and destruction of of property really was quite focused on a specific area. But more importantly, the square has always been something that reached out to its public, and and I was thinking 
what image could appear on the front page of the New York Times that was not Portlanders uh, setting things on fire? <laughs> um, and and I imagined a, a photograph taken from a helicopter far above Pioneer Courthouse Square that would show you know many of the surrounding buildings uh, downtown in the core, but in the center of that image would be Pioneer Courthouse Square, the bricks. Uh, create that red surface that is very, um, very visible in a photograph like that. And I was thinking, what could a person put on the square that would create a sense of Portland still here? We're still a city that uh, that's got a sense of humor and a bit of whimsy, and uh, we're not letting this COVID thing get us down. Um, but as an artist, I couldn't come up with what could be put on the bricks to make that picture complete. Um, and so I called uh, the square and said, talked to Jennifer Pulver, who's the director, and, and said, you know, can we come up with something that that would make a great photograph, you know, that, that would take the place of the other photographs yeah. that are appearing? And um, I said, maybe it's an artist. And I gave her the names of some artists. But I said, you know what? You want to call Bill Will first because he's the smartest of the people <laughs> on this list. And, uh, you know, it didn't take long for Bill to come up with something that is just, it, it, is a, it is a beautiful array of colors. It is exquisitely executed. Everybody who comes to the square knows immediately what, they're, what the intent is, that they're, they were supposed to social distance, they can occupy a, a circle, um, that performances occur there. I mean, it's... It, it makes us all smile in its um, ingenuity and cleverness, um, and uh, it's not uh, highfalutin or hoity-toity. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's it's just something that's so obvious uh, as to what our role in that piece is, and I think it's just been extremely successful. Tell me about um, do, do performances happen every day? Do they happen on the weekends? How late in the evening do they go? They, they, they happen. They, they happen all different times um, of the day. They're scheduled. A person, uh, uh, interested party, can go to the square's um, website, and um, there are uh, the schedules of, of who's coming. There are uh, videos of who's performed in the past. And importantly, there's also an opportunity to contribute via uh, hitting a button on the website to the artist fund which is the fund that pays the artists directly for, for their performances. We've raised $150,000 just to pay artists to perform. So uh, it's really remarkable. Um, the square is not really a place that does a lot of fundraising. Most of the, the uh, things that occur there are, are through um, sponsorship of events from corporations uh, and, and various groups. And then through, fees to uh, organizations that want to have an event at the square. So for the general public to have reached out and, and um, come up with $150,000 and in addition to donations by uh, downtown business groups, uh, it's really been pretty remarkable. And so um, if anyone wants to be part of the, uh, the return to normalcy, <laughs> go on the website and, uh, and and hit that button. We'd appreciate it. But also just sharing, um, you know, if you're not coming downtown, you can still experience the whimsy and the beauty of the performances that have occurred to, uh, thus thus far. I want to ask too how is how is public art funded? You say through donations uh, from the general public, but there is there money coming from other places too? 
the Portland Business Alliance um, uh, has um, offered some money. They, uh, the Portland Business Alliance, is um, uh, has the uh, responsibility of promoting businesses all throughout the city. Um, and so they were uh, uh, very generous in providing some funds to uh, fund the ongoing DOTS program. Um, and so that's been really helpful. And as I said, corporations and individuals. Can we talk a little bit, Tad, about what's happening in downtown Portland now? What is it like? Um, it, maybe people haven't been downtown for a while. Um, and you, like you said a little bit ago in the news, it just seems like destruction everywhere in downtown. But what is it really like in downtown Portland right now? Well, um, I'll be really honest. I would say that um, contrary to what people might see in the media, the entire city is not on fire. The entire city is not every square inch filled with homeless and protesters. Um, It's not full of trash. The city does look different. We've uh, lived through a pretty extraordinary time with uh, the kind of double whammy of, of covid um, and uh, the series of, of protests, and when I say protests, I don't necessarily mean the peaceful protests. I mean the unruly protests and the destruction of property. So this is, our downtown has been through a lot, but by all means, it is not every building is shut down and every building has plywood on it or every building is defeated, defaced with, with graffiti and there is not a tent on every single street. Um, uh, the, the city is, is very much alive. Many stores and museums are open, restaurants and bars are open, and it still provides, um, a very, uh, compelling mix of, of, uh, diversity of, uh, of local businesses as well as national businesses and in their blend to kind of create that diverse feeling that we all love downtown. Bit by bit, things are opening and yes, some have gone and some will not return. But I think um, even now, just this weekend, there was more life downtown than there has been um, in, in weeks prior. And it'll take time. Uh, we, we, we have a, a bad bruise <laughs> that we need to heal. Um, and we'll take some Advil and, um, uh, you know, we'll see where we go. I think that, I think that the, the, you know, people talk about returning to normalcy and maybe normal, we're going to have a little bit different new, uh, a different normal uh, as we go forward. But I still think it will be built on uh, what I call social intimacy. Portland has is, is blessed with a 200-foot uh, block grid of its city, uh, which is much smaller uh, blocks than, say, uh, Salt Lake City or Los Angeles or Phoenix, where the blocks are 300 feet or longer. So the city, the structure of downtown itself, um, lends itself to pedestrian activities, to uh, feeling like you're walking a long distance because you come to the end of a uh, block quicker. Um, and, and it creates, as I say, this kind of social intimacy where you, where you feel people don't walk around in their protective bubble like they do in other cities. Um, people make contact, standing in line, you have a conversation with someone. Um, and, and those are some of the aspects that uh, will survive regardless of our, our current um, unrest and, and challenges right now. Um, Portlanders are still kind at heart and we're driven by the beauty of our natural environment, um, families and strong neighborhoods. And uh, people carry that with the Portlanders tend to carry that knowledge of an intimate neighborhood uh, with them wherever they go. And when they come downtown, they bring that experience. So um, 
uh, I, I have uh, a lot of hope uh, that um, those things will still endure. I've always kind of thought of Portland as kind of like a big town where everybody kind of still smiles at everybody. You, you say hello to people. It's a That's big, right. it's, as, as opposed to being a city, it's a big town because it seems like right. towns are a little more friendly. Right. And, and every phone call that I have with someone, I was just talking to somebody this morning on the phone. We were kind of, well, where'd you come from? Where, you know, how are we connected? And it's like, you know, it's just, we're only like a couple of degrees away from everybody. <laughs> Whether you're a new person or an old or, or a, a born in Portland person, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the interesting thing about Portland is the people who come here from other places come here because they made a choice they wanted to be in Portland. Yeah. It's not like they got transferred. Do you know what I mean? It's right. not a place that the people are unhappy that they have to go to. It's people who come here. There's something like, uh, I remember I did a talk with the Oregon Tourism Bureau a number of years ago, and in prep of that, I found that 62% of the people who move to Portland come here first as a vacationer. And they come here, they experience the state, all that it has to offer. They walk through our city. They, they speak uh, to our citizens. And something in that experience uh, is genuine enough and important enough that those people, 62% of those people, decide they want to come and make this their home. And they come here for that reason. Um, and, and so... I still feel that we are a city uh, that has that um, that pull, that draw, that uniqueness, that intimacy, um, the common sense uh, that we uh, tend to have um, uh, in this city. And, and I, I appreciate it, and I, I think that that will endure. That's really been the backbone of, of our state for so long. Yes, indeed. We're talking today with Tad Savinar, Pioneer Courthouse Square board member. Now, Tad, you were born and raised here in Portland, and so you've seen Pioneer Courthouse Square evolve over its 37 years. Tell me about that evolution. What's been happening there? Well, uh, first, uh, it, as a child, um, uh, I used to wait uh, for the bus to go home on Morrison between Broadway and 6th. And at that time, there was a little planter outside the United Airlines office, which is directly across from the square. Now it's a CVS. I think they just moved in. Uh, but I used to sit on that planter and I would look into, it was really horrifying, the parking structure that was there before. It was only two stories, but it was, the, it had metal trim around the second story and it was rusty and not maintained. And it was just like, a, it was like the parking lot that swallowed downtown Portland. It was in the wrong place for, to, you know, to do any good except for to be parked on, but uh, it wasn't really adding much to the city. Um, and in uh, 1984, the city realized that they needed to rebirth downtown. Um, it was uh, uh, just a little after the first uh, buses uh, were formed on the transit mall to make the bus mall. Um, and uh, uh, city leaders got together with the city and decided that the property would be best for a civic gathering space, a, a public square, if you will. A uh, national competition was held, a number of uh, many, many firms uh, responded and teams responded. And ultimately, uh, the design team that created the square was made up of Portlanders, um, architects, landscape architects, an artist, a historian. Um, and their design was uh, was approved. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's how it stands today. There have been very little alterations to the square uh, since its uh, initial design, um, one of them was to add some uh, 
uh, some shelter, uh, roof shelter, rain protection for uh, folks using uh, the light rail uh, system that has a stop on both Yamhill and Morrison on either side of the square. But other than that, it has remained true to its original design and served us ex- extremely well. Yeah, it's it's like we've said a million times during this interview, it's Portland's living room. It's downtown Portland. It's it's where everybody needs to be. And, and you know, its design is one that um, that has Portland uh, at its heart. I mean, the the the, the entire uh, ground plane is is uh, built with uh, red brick. Those bricks are inscribed with uh, people's names who paid to have their name be part of Pioneer Square. Um, so it's got all those voices, if you will, of, of the people who live here. Uh, and then uh, many of the details are in bronze, which is uh, a very high quality civic material, one that shows uh, the trace of, of a person's touch. It's warm to the touch. It's often used for civic monuments. So in, in, in many ways, the, the square is actually made up of some of the elements that one would recognize um, in in old, in old town Portland, you know, uh, uh, and and in the architecture that we and and statues that we find in downtown. Awesome. Well, Tad, it's thanks. Not a, it's not a it, not some kind of um, contemporary, faceless place. It's it's really built out of the threads and materials that make up Portland as we know it. That's so awesome, Tad. Thanks for catching us up on what's happening in downtown Portland. This has been great. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. We were talking today with Tad Savinar, Pioneer Courthouse Square board member. Thanks again, Tad. Thank you, Gary. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for Let's Talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's Talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 